when I say I love my church, we're talking about relationships with each other. We're talking about being involved in ministry. We're talking about our local church where we serve Jesus Christ. And it's not based upon what what the church is doing for me, but it's what I can do for the church. So uh, it's raining, and, uh, um, and, and, and I know half of you are living on allergy medicine right now. I know a lot of stuff is blowing around there. So everybody put a smile on your face. You're at church. You're with your, with your, with your family of believers, and it's good to see you here this morning. And just give the Lord another, another hand with, with this morning, okay? Very good. Very good. All right, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. The Gospel of John, chapter 13. And um, so we've started a new uh, study in our small groups, in our base classes, and, and so and, and that study is I am a church member. And so chapter one uh, is this week, and so make sure you get your books done, make sure you show up you know, for class ready to share and, uh, and have a good time with that, okay? But also we're starting this morning for the next six weeks a series as well too that's going to complement our small group study. And it's I love my church. I love my church. Now, now, just let that sink into your mind just for a minute. Um, I love my church, and 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 what does that mean? And so, let me just give you a, a little bit here, so I want you to understand. Okay, first of all, the church um, is is the people. Everybody say amen. It's the people. I love the body of Christ. I love each. We love each other. And so, when we look at the church, we see the church. First of all, we see it universally. Now, there's not a universal church that's established here on this earth. That's not going to be until we get to heaven. But anybody who's a born-again believer is part of that universal church. Everybody say amen. And so we love other Christians. But also, more, more importantly and more specifically, it's that churches are local, independent, independent local body of believers like Cornerstone. And so when we say we love our church, that means that what? We love each other, right? Now, in other words, we're not in love with this building. We're not in love with, we're in love with each other. This, this building represents us as a local body of believers, but, but we are the church. Everybody got that? We are the church. All right. So your Bibles are open to John chapter 13. And let's talk about what this means when we say that I love my church. Now, there are different places and locations. Um, if you will, buildings that we eventually have to visit in life, and, and I'm not talking about the Dallas Cowboy football stadium. That, that's a place we want to go. But there are certain places that we have to go, maybe just out of through the course of life that we have to go to that, that maybe will, will, will produce some response in our emotions. Like, for example, you know, you have to go to school. Uh, you, you have to sometimes you have to go to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? Um, but... Various necessary places will invoke a variety of responses in us. We feel different about going to the mall compared to saying that we're going to the doctor. So let's take a few moments. I want to show you a couple of, couple of pictures, but before we show those, um, we're going to have a couple of images placed up on the screen, and I want you to say the first word. Listen to me. I want you to say the first word that comes to your mind when I show you this image, okay? It's important that I have some response out of you. Don't show it yet now. But let's just see what your one-word response is. And now I don't know if we can do this up there, but um, maybe they can say a word, and I'll say it to you guys, and you can put that word on the screen, okay? But but here's the point, is that we all go to places during our life, during the course of our life, 
that necessarily is not places that we want to go to, but we have to go to. And, and, and in retrospect, they produce a, re, a, a, a response to us, okay? So I want to hear from you, okay? So image number one, what is that one? The DMV, Department of Motor Vehicle. You see that long line there? So, okay, so one word response, anybody? Okay. Line? A line. So long lines. Okay. So so not much patience there, huh? Paisley, that's 14, and she's not got her driver's license yet. <laughs> okay. So long lines, impatient. Okay. Another word. Misery. Okay. I heard misery. So let's get misery up there. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Uh, slow. Absolutely. Anybody else? Brooke. Okay. <laughs> I went to church with a lady that worked at the DMV, and, and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, does anybody work for the DMV here? We don't want to offend you, okay? Okay, so, so, um, so they don't like their own jobs, do they, a lot of times, okay? Just one more, anybody? Huh? Hold on. Sloth? Okay, sloth. I'm not sure. Okay, sloth. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so that, there's some words for that. Okay, and now and now let's look at let's look at the different let's look at the dip, the second image. Okay, places that you have to go to in the course of life. My favorite. My favorite. The dentist. These these guys these people here are torture experts. You know what I'm saying? You know it is nothing. Anyways, uh, okay. So a word a word please. Uh, okay. What's that? Pitiful. <laughs> okay. Let's get that word torture up there too. By the way. Helpful. <laughs> she works at a dentist office. <laughs> Very helpful. But not a lot of pleasure in going to during the process, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, anybody else? Okay, Kathy? Expensive. Okay. Amen. Where's our word back here? Huh? Good medicine? Okay, easy up there, Brooke. You're the, you're the, you're the, you're the student pastor's wife there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I do the old school. I go in there. I don't want the gas. I don't want the pill. Just give me the shot and, and you know, and just let me go. And so that's what I do. And, and I pay for it all the time, but I don't say goofy things that embarrasses me later. So, so, uh, <laughs> okay. And Brooke saying, was that meant for me, Pastor? No, Brooke, it wasn't meant for you. Okay. The third picture. Here's my favorite. The third picture. Where do you think that? Where do you think that's at? Walmart. The lines at Walmart. But now, but now, usually you know you have 36, 36 registers and you have four of them that are open. And uh, all right, so give me a word. Annoying. An- annoying. Yes. Black Friday. Okay. Jason, did you say something? Anybody else? Crazy? Yeah, crazy. So places, 
Yes, very much. Now, <clears throat> so not the most rave reviews for these that we just saw, right? Um, some worse than others, but in all three of them, you can see that we go to these places in most cases, listen, because we have to, not because we want to, right? And look at that list of words, would you please, just for a minute. We don't have them all on there, but all the words that were said, you never heard the word love it. You never heard the word love it. You'll occasionally hear someone say that they love their grocery store in comparison to another grocery store. But if anyone ever says that they love going to the dentist or that they love going to Walmart or really if they love going to the DMV, there's something wrong with those cats, right? Now, I wonder what people would say. Listen, I wonder what people would say if we put a picture of our church on the screen. I wonder what kind of response there would be. Don't say anything, just, just in your mind. I wonder what kind of response. I, and, and, and I wonder honestly what we think in our mind about if we showed a picture of Cornerstone up there. And here's the question. Do we think about church the same way in which we think about going to the DMV or some other building like that? the doctor's office, the grocery store, has our brain and senses been conditioned in such a way that we just kind of put the church like everything else that we do during the week or during the month or during the year? Is this just a place that we feel that we have to go to? Listen, or is there more to it than that? You know, think about people who aren't here with us today, or, or maybe people who have never stepped foot into a church, or maybe haven't been in a long, long time. I'd be willing to guess that some of them would describe coming to church like they describe going to Walmart. It's just something that maybe they had a bad experience or just something that they have to do. Now, here's a question this morning, and this is all going to make sense to you because we want to love our church. Everybody say Amen in the way that God intends for us to. But let me ask you this. Is this what God intended when he created the church? Was that his idea about, was this his idea about the community of people? I believe the Bible tells us no. That wasn't, nor is it, God, is it God's plan for his church. You know, here at Cornerstone and, and for all churches, you know, we, we need to get back to, 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 to loving each other. Everybody, right? We need to make sure that we know what, what loving our church is and, and that, and that coming to church, this isn't something that we have to, that we do out of obligation or it's just not that when Sunday comes, we know we got to go to church, but instead that we, that we want to come here because we know that we're a community of people that's doing life together that's loving the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's inviting friends, being a witness to people, and just communicating that part of what Christ has the church to be. And the best way to do that is for people to know that we love our church, not that we love this building, not that we love, love a location, not that we love an idea of church, but that we love our church that we love one another, that we that we that we pick up the burden for one another, that we stand with one another. You know, Brittany lost her, her dad this week. You know, Brittany Weber, you know, she's been going here as long as, as long as I've been going here, and a lot longer than I've been going here, but her dad was 59 years old. And he died in a motorcycle accident. And Brittany, I don't know if you're here this morning, but we love you and and uh, we're standing with you. We, we we love our church. That means we love you. And, and when 
All of us go through something or going through anything, and, and that's, what, that's what it means to love our church is, is, in, 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 is that we're a community of people that God, like God intended us to be, that we stand with each other, that we help each other, that we love each other, we pray for each other, we pick up that burden for one another. Amen, everybody? And, and, so, and so just looking at these pictures this morning, your church, our church, Cornerstone or any church isn't something that you do out of necessity. Listen to me. It's something to do and to love like Christ has commanded us to love. Right? Okay. All right. Um, open your Bibles. You should be open to John chapter 13, verse 35. And when we look at the church, and as we go through our small group studies, you're going to be seeing... Um, these six words that we're going to be studying, and each week we'll be looking at one. That is, a church that loves one another is a functional church, it's a prayerful church, it's a treasuring church, it's a selfless church, it's a unifying church, and it's also, it also has people who are leading. Now, look with me at John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Okay, and Let's pray before we read that together. Father, we love you, and we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for um, loving us and for calling us into salvation and uh, giving us eternal life. And like we sing about, and as John talked about, that you have sealed us, and there's nobody, including ourselves, that can break that seal. But God, we know, we know that after you sealed us, that you, that you, that your will is to place us into a local church so that we can be members, body parts intricate parts of that local church to do the necessary job of reaching people and, 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 of course, encouraging one another in this pilgrimage that we're all going through as believers. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that, um, that maybe our brains have been conditioned and maybe we started doing things out of routine, but, Lord, I pray that every single one of us, that our hearts will be stirred and to understanding that uh, that your that your focus and your plan for this for this church for any church is to be a church that loves one another. Lord, may you be glorified in all that's being done here this morning, and then in the lives of everyone here this morning here at Cornerstone. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, here's John chapter 13, and um, look at verse 34. And Jesus said. And we all know these verses. We all know these two verses. We probably heard, you know, 50 sermons on this. But but let's look at it this morning. And Jesus said, and he's talking to the disciples. Now, everybody listen. Everybody look up at me real quick. Um, the church um, doesn't begin until the book, until the Acts. This, this, this gospel record here is when, before the church was actually started and instituted. But Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to those who will be in Acts that will be the church. And here Jesus is saying what the church is to be like. Before the church was even formed, he's saying, this is what my church is going and should be like. And he says in verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Look at what it says in verse 35. So people that visit Cornerstone or, or you're out and you're at work and you're at your home and you're in your neighborhood, 
This is what verse 35 is. You see, people should know that you love your church. Not meaning that you love this this idea of church, but that you love the church, that you love each other. Because he says in verse 35, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Wow. So these verses are on the premise of this church beginning in Acts. This was the foundation that Jesus gives the church for it to be formed, that, that we love one another, that all men, saved or unsaved, whatever it may look like, that they're going to know that you're my disciples because of your love for one another. Well, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and pretty direct, I think, that we're to have love for one another. And so when we say in this series that um, we love our church is that we love one for another. Now, he's saying that we ought to be people known for our love for one another. To love your church, again, is to love one another. Listen to this. Church people are meant to love one another. Um, you know, it's, it's not optional. It's not an election. It's a command from Jesus Christ that we love one another. Hey, listen to me. It's not an option. It doesn't matter if you like somebody or you don't like somebody. It doesn't matter if, they, if they're a little bit different than you. It, it doesn't matter if they're a different color. It doesn't matter any of those things. We have a direct command from Jesus Christ that we love each other. And it doesn't mean we're always going to agree on things, especially philosophies, but it does mean that we in a church here, there's going to be unity, there's going to be selflessness, there's going to be treasuring, there's going to be functioning, there's going to be unity, and we show that in our love for one another. Again, it's not an option. He doesn't say, well, sometimes or when you like to do it, he says that you, we have this new commandment to love one another. Um, Church people are meant to love one another. But what does that mean? Now, what does that mean that we love one another? What does it mean that we, that we love each other? When we say we want to love the church as God intended it to be, what does he mean by love? What does he mean by love? Well, Tommy's not in here. She got double duty in nursery this morning, I think. But uh, so you pray for her and pray for all those back there, if you would, okay? And and uh, and by the way, we're still needing nursery workers back there. Our 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 children's ministry <coughs> ministry has grown. <coughs> Allergies too, excuse me. And so we got um, <clears throat> here I go. We got a lot of babies and a lot of toddlers back there. So so we can certainly use your help back there in nursery. There's a sign up sheet in the foyer. Sign that, fill that out when you get out of church, okay? And we could use you back there. But what does God mean by what to love? What, what what kind of love are we talking about? Well, so I was thinking about that, and um, so I'll give you a, a couple of examples, okay? Uh, Tommy and I like to go on dates. We we love to go on dates. We try to go on dates once a week if we can afford it and if we have time and stuff. But we love to go on dates. And so I guess it was about a month and a half ago, we went to this restaurant, and we go on dates. We usually just go out and eat somewhere. We're not big movie watchers or anything like that, but we'll just go out to eat and try different restaurants, stuff like that. So we went to a restaurant, <clears throat> and we, we went there to eat. We'd never been there before, and, um, man, it was good. 
it was really good. It's a Mexican place, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's in South Lake, and it's off the beaten path a little bit, but it was really, really good. And so, and so we looked at each other and we said, man, um, I love, the, we, we love the food. You know, we looked at each other and, and the food was great. And Tommy said, well, I love my food. And I said, I love my food too. And, and I said, the service was, was spectacular. I mean, you didn't have to wait on anything. I mean, it, we had a great, great experience at that restaurant. I mean, we loved it. Is that the kind of love that Jesus was talking about? Okay, hang on, hang on to that, and and um, and and and, or or is it perhaps this? Maybe um, this past week, uh, one of my children um, got into a heavy, heavy low, and and something happened in their life, and 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 so they got really, really down. They got really, really low, and and so so you know, my child come to me very, very low and just heartbroken. Oh, aren't you so sweet? Thank you. Anything in there? Thank you, Julie. Um, but but uh, my child was really, really low. And so, you know, I took time to listen to my child um, and 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 just put my arm around my child. You know, you know, he's 22. Oops. Now you know which child it is. But. <laughs> But, you know, he's, he turned, well, he, you know, I'll just go ahead and okay, it's him. He's only got one boy, so you know who it is. I was trying to make that gender-friendly thing, but it's just so hard. But um, um, he's really, really low, and so, you know, he, he didn't want to talk about it at first, but it was bothering him, and so I just waited, and then finally, you know, he wanted to talk about it, and so I just listened. I put my arm around him, you know, I hugged on him a little bit, and uh, I listened some more. I gave him a little bit of wise counsel. Um, and um, I was just there for him. Do you think that's the kind of love that Jesus is talking about? That intentional love? Listen to me. When we talk about we love our church, we're talking about a relational, relationship type love. I was thinking about that, and um, I believe that's the kind of love that he's talking about. You know, with the restaurant... You know, I was experiencing something that was given to me, um, a place, a place offering me something. It was, it was, it was experience based. The restaurant fed me and provided me a moment in which I could participate. If the experience itself was excellent, then I could rate it as to so, and I could put it on Yelp and give it its great rating. Um, if it was the opposite, of course, I could say it wasn't good either. But with my child, I was experiencing an, an important relationship. Um, they are someone, look, that I'm connected with. My love for them isn't based on what I'm receiving or experiencing, but based on who he or she is and what is involved in that relationship. And look, because I love my son, because I care for my son, I pray for him. And I go through life with all my kids, right? That journey might bring about some not so great experiences, but we work through those. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't yelp rate my child, right? <laughs> Listen, the church was never meant to be like a restaurant or someplace we go out of necessity. It's meant to be based on relationships. When I say I love my church, 
We're talking about relationships with each other. We're talking about being involved in ministry. We're not talking about some, some metaphorical thing. We're talking about our local church where we serve Jesus Christ, that, we, that when we say that we love our church and we're committed to love our church, it's saying that we love each other, and it's not based upon what, what the church is doing for me, but it's what I can do for the church. It's how I can participate and love one another and, and have ministry in the church, show my my love for one another. That's what Christ meant when he said, love your church. When he said, love one another. It's based on that relationship, that community of believers that God has brought together. It's meant to be based on relationships. It's meant to be loved for what it is. Now, this begins first and foremost in a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and, and that we're connected to one another. Jesus loves us, and he brought us into a relationship with him. Listen, when Jesus Christ, when he revealed to us, when he came to this earth and he died for our sins, listen to me, when he died for our sins and, and, and he gave his life a ransom and he died for us and he rose again to give us eternal life, he brings us, and we accept that he brings that us into a relationship with him, and we become part of the body of believers, the body of Christ in this local church, that's what he's done for us. And because we are now that community of people, we are to love one another. We're to encourage one another. We're to stand up with each other. Many people, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, but I think many people treat the church like a restaurant. You know, if the experience um, isn't just just to their liking, they'll find somewhere else to go. Is that how? Is that how God meant for it to be? You know, if, if I didn't have a good experience, if I don't like this, if I don't like that, is, is that what God meant for, the, for, for us to be what, as a be to a church? No. We're to love one another. This is beyond unfortunate. This sets up expectations for the church that is never intended to be fulfilled. That's what we're trying to get across this morning. A church isn't like the dentist office or Walmart or just some place you go to. We're to love our church. We're to love the church. In, in, in some cases, even give our life for the church is what the Bible says. And we do that by loving one another. We do that by encouraging each other. We do that by standing up with each other. And also, we have to be honest here. When we're having this expectations for the church, um, it's unfortunate. And we have to understand that this isn't relationship-focused that if we're expecting something from the church other than what Jesus commanded here, then really and truthfully, we're self-focused. You get it? We're self-focused. This isn't loving as Jesus loved. This loves as I see fit. This loves with what I'm comfortable with. This is love for my own gain. The church isn't supposed to be like that. Listen, listen, look. You will experience a love for the church when you intentionally love the church. Can I have an amen? When you intentionally love the church, that's when you'll experience a love for the church. When you invest yourself, you will have a deep sense of love for the church when you actively and intentionally practice love for the church. And the opposite is also true. When you don't intentionally love the church, then you will not experience a love for the church. Look at this. We'll love the church when it's about relationships, not when it's like a restaurant. See, I think there's a lot of people that don't love the church 
I think there's a lot of people that don't love the church because I think a lot of people is in it for what's in there, what's in it about me. How can I be served? How can the focus be on me? Well, this is what I like, and this is what I don't like, and I like this, and, and so, and so, and so that's, that's what their focus is on whether or not I love the church. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that, that we're to love the church, and he says, and he says our love is by loving one another, and that's where our focus should be. And what we're saying this morning is if we'll get our focus on loving each other, if we'll get our focus on loving the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we'll get our focus on loving each other and looking to the needs of others and be servants and intentionally love one another, then we'll develop a love for the church that Christ is talking about, the kind of love that the whole world's going to see that's going to make them attracted to the church, to the body of Christ, to Jesus Christ, and then we can present the gospel of salvation to them, and then they can get saved, and then they can reduplicate themselves. That's, that's what's going on here. You know, you know we, we all have preferences, we all have likes, we all have backgrounds, but our focus, listen to me, and as we're casting vision and, and what God wants us to be as a church is, is he wants us, he, we're known for our love, we're to be known for our love, and it's, and, it's, and it's the love for each other. And that's what we need to focus on is our love for one another. Amen, everybody? Okay. So when we say, I love my church, we're saying that we love each other. We'll love the church when it's about relationships. Well, what does it look like to intentionally love the church? To be in community with one another as God intended it to be. Well, that's what the rest of this, of this series is going to be about, and it's what our, our small groups during the week is all about. Um, we love by being functioning, number one. Number two is we love by unifying. Number three is we'll, we'll love by being selfless. Number four, we'll love by being prayerful. Number five, we'll love by leading, leading our family, leading others. And then number six is we'll love by treasuring, treasuring. I'm not talking about your back pocket. I'm talking about knowing what your real treasure is. The love that Jesus gives to us and that we can have for one another is, listen to me, it's not to be hoarded within the walls of this church only. We're to take that love and share it with those that are outside of these walls. They're to see our love for Jesus Christ. They're to see our love for the gospel. They're to see our love for one another. If we aren't sharing the love of God with our, with our words and deeds, then guess what? We're not truly loving. Well, open your Bibles just for a minute to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, I got bleach on my Bible up here. Make sure I don't get that on my clothes. Tommy will kill me. She won't, she won't love me. First Corinthians chapter 12. Look with me at uh, verse 12 through 14. In your small group, in your small groups, um, this is where you're going to be at tonight. So we're not going to hit it very heavy. But what I want us to see is that we love by being functioning. So number one 
is that we love by being functioning. And, you, and we'll, we'll look at that closer, of course, in our small groups. But uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 12. And the Holy Spirit says through Paul, he says, For even as the body is one and yet has many members. Now, that word members means parts, okay? means parts. Um, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. In other words, a hand's not a body, right? A foot's not a body in, by itself, but all the parts make up for the body. And we'll see later here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul names the eyes and the hands and the feet, and all those parts put together make up the body. And he says, um, though they are many are one body, so also in Christ. So we are all parts of the body of Christ. All of that is, are called into salvation and sealed. We are part of that body of Christ. We are many members. Look at verse 13. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. For by one spirit, see that capital S there? That's the Holy Spirit. That's talking about part of the Trinity. We are all, for by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into the body. So we are all part of the body of Christ. That's that universal church. But here on earth, Jesus Christ instituted the local church. So here, here in Decatur, Texas, there are 42 churches. And each one of those churches, each one of those churches are individual local churches, and they're all each body of Christ. Now, now remember that one day in heaven, when after Jesus Christ comes and we're called up to heaven and eternity starts, then we'll all be that universal church. We'll be part. Of, we'll just be one body of Christ. But until then, we are we are local churches, and we are all each representations of the body of Christ, and we're all members of it. He says, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of. One spirit, one spirit, we're one, we're one body, we're one spirit. We're all in Christ Jesus. Everybody in this room, we're the body of Christ. We're the members, all right? And so we need to, so if we're going to, we love our church. And, and, and one way that we can show that we love our church is by being functioning, by being functioning and and. As Paul describes the body of Christ, he likens it unto our bodies. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever considered how amazing uh, the human body really is? Now, I just want to mention a few things because they're fixing to close here. But uh, this is all on the Internet. But did you know that the stomach's digestive system, the acids are strong enough to dissolve zinc? That's pretty crazy, isn't it? The lungs, did you know that they contain over 300 million capillaries? Those are tiny blood vessels. If these blood vessels were laid end to end, they would stretch 1,500 miles. That's just one lung in one person. Crazy, isn't it? Now listen to this. Each kidney contains 1 million individual filters. Now I didn't know this. I just looked this stuff up. But the, the focus, the, uh, each kidney contains one million individual filters. One kidney, one million individual filters. It's amazing how God put us, our bodies together. Um, talk about the eye muscle, the focusing muscle of the eye. 
it moves, it moves, um, it moves around 100,000 times a day. That muscle moves 100,000 times a day. You know, to give your leg muscle that same workout, you would need to walk 50 miles every day. Anybody, anybody walking 50 miles each day? I'm just, I'm just saying how extraordinary this body is. And, and, and Paul mentions the body of Christ, and he likes and likens it unto our bodies. Everything in our bodies seems to work together by design, right? You know, our liver, our kidneys, our lungs, our brains, our feet, all these things work together. But it's one body. So the church is like our bodies. It's comprised of many different parts, and yet those parts are united in one body. And look, we're, we're, we're to be about loving each other, right? But we also need to be a functioning church. And so what does that mean? We, we, we love, and one way that we love is by being functioning. And, and so here's just four quick points of being a functioning church member. Number one, the church body is diversity and unity. What, what that means is that there's a lot of different one of us, but we ought to be unified because we're one body, right? We all can't do what we want to do. We got to be unified in Jesus Christ in the gospel and the word of God and to be doing what we're doing. We may be different parts. We're diversified, but we got to be unified and we're unified in Jesus Christ. Number two, number two is that everyone in the church body has a function. Every part of our bodies is designed with a different function. Paul mentions our hands, our feet, our ears, our eyes, our sense of smell. Each member performs a specific function in cooperation with the other members of the body. One of the problems we have in our culture is a wrong understanding of what it means to be a part of a church. Many people look at a church membership like they would look at a membership of a gym. As long as I pay my dues, as long as I show up, I can expect to receive benefits for these dues. That's not how it works in the local church, ladies and gentlemen. It's a matter of entitlement, and in many cases has nothing to do with servanthood. In our books, we're going to notice Thomas Rayner writes, he says, one of the ongoing questions you should ask yourself in God and prayer is, how can I best serve my church? Listen, everyone in the church has a function. And so we shouldn't be asking, we shouldn't be saying, what can my church do to serve me? Because you should be served anyways and, and out of love for the, from the rest of us, right? But what we should be asking God is, God is what can I do to show my love? How can I be functioning in this church? How can I be unified in this church? How can I be a functioning member in this church? How can I be servicing? How can I service? How can I serve, Lord? Functioning, meaning you are serving as intended. Again, not being served. There's nothing wrong with being served, but our focus should be on serving. Everybody say amen. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, "For, for, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see that? Matthew 10, verse 45. Number three, listen to this. Everybody is a somebody. Look, there are no nobodies in the church body. Just as every member of the body is independent on one another, so it is with the body of Christ. We need one another in order to do the work of the ministry of God. 
We need each other. We need each member. Each member has a function. Furthermore, there are parts of the body that are indispensable, even though they might seem weak and less significant. Listen, there is no insignificant member of the church. Even those that do do the job that's behind the closed doors that no one sees, those are indispensable. Every single one of them. We're all members of the body of Christ, and we all show our love to our church by being functioning church members. And again, it's not about showing up. It's not about entitlement. It's about serving Jesus Christ. Number four, a healthy church is a loving church. And that's what we said all morning long, is that we love our church. And that means that we love one another. Ultimately, the only way the church can be a healthy, fully functioning church body, the true body of Christ, is for the individuals that make up the body to love the rest of the body unconditionally, and then to love the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, two things I want to leave you with. Number one, let people know that you love your church. How do you do that? By your love, one to another. Number two, here's your challenge. If you haven't signed up for a, for a small group and, and, and I am a church member class, um, get online and sign up. Come tonight uh, at 5.30. There's three classes going on here, here at the church. There's one at my house. There's one at Gerald's house. And, and then there's one at the Henry's house. And there's one at William's house during the week. But, um, but sign up for one. Get involved. Be challenged. Listen, listen, everybody. Jesus said that people are going to know that you're my disciples. You're gonna, they're going to know by the way that you love one another. And so we need to love our church. We need to love each other. We need to stand up with each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to love each other. And so we see this morning, one way we can do that is first is by being a functioning church member. And we can show our love by being functioning. Know that you're a member. Know that you're not indispensable. Know that you're not all washed up. Know that that there's still, <laughs> if you're breathing, you, you have a place to serve, right? And you show by being functioning. You love by being functioning. And then you love by being unified. You love by, by being selfless. You love by knowing where your real treasure is. You, that's how we love. But let's love one another. I love my church. Because I love my church because God instituted the church, the local church. He saved you and he saved me. And therefore, I love you. And again, we don't keep that here in these walls this is this is this is this is our this is this is our Sunday morning. You know, we come here and we're in a huddle, and and we hope to get you encouraged and further in love with Jesus Christ, so that you come at, go out of these walls because you're the church, and that you reach people, and people are going to know there's something different about you, and that you're Christian because your love for Him and for each other. So let's get out there and let's show people that we love the church, that we love the gospel, that we love him, and that we do that by we showing our love towards one another. All right? Amen? Yeah. So, so love your church. Love your church. Love your church. Love Jesus. Have love for one another. Don't matter who they are. Doesn't matter where they come from. Love them. Love them. Father, we love you this morning. And we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for, for your love for the church. And we're to love the church as you love the church. And you gave your life for us.
So, Lord, I just pray that we'll all be convicted to make some sacrifice to understand that um, that we as your people are to, to love one another. And, and that means that there will be some sacrifice. And, and, and first we learned this morning that we need to be functioning. And, it, and it's not about what we receive, but it's about being committed to you. And it's about serving you and being ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray if there's one here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior, that Lord, that that you will convict their hearts and that you will bring them down um, the, the aisle and to the, to the altar. And Lord, that I can show them how they can have a personal relationship with you, that they can be part of that body of Christ that's sealed into the day of redemption. Lord, I pray that anyone here that just uh, has the wrong focus about church and about loving their church and what to love about their church, Lord, that... Um, They'll get it straightened out this morning and that they'll refocus their lives on loving their church, loving one another. And that certainly this morning that they'll be functioning members of this body. We love you and we give you praise. And as we go forward, Lord, with our building and all that we're doing that you're doing in us and for us, Lord, we just pray that your hand will be upon that and that will be blessed. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.